Let's give it up for Jay, right. Well, welcome everyone. We're so glad that you're here tonight to celebrate Christ's birth, Christmas Eve at Door Creek. And if you're from out of town, welcome. If you're a guest from in town, welcome. My name's Mark, one of the pastors. We're really glad that you're here. So truth in advertising, men. How many of you were still chasing those last few gifts today? This group isn't any more honest than the other groups. <laughs> it is amazing how efficient a man can be on the 24th day of December, right? <laughs> so you got it all done, the gifts, the baking, the meals, the cards. And by the way, what were you hoping for? What are you hoping for? for Christmas. Kids, any of you hoping for one of those Hatchimal eggs? Man, I'm thinking, I wish they had those when I was a kid. How, how about for the big kids? Some uh, maybe jewelry, some new clothes, that gadget that you gotta have. Have you been watching too much TV and you're going, maybe there's a new Lexus in the driveway with the red <laughs> bowl on it. <laughs> and if you're into the radio, then don't you love about that, that one thing you're going, I, I, I want to get that. It's the flat belly overnight. Have you heard about it? <laughs> I mean, I love the part in the commercial where it says, and if it gets too flat, you can just back off on the medicine, right? <laughs> so what are you hoping for, like, after Christmas for 2017? So any upcoming graduates, you needing some clarity uh, maybe schooling, or you're going to go into that apprenticeship. Maybe some of you are getting ready to graduate, and you're going, what's next? Some of us need clarity, right, about our job, or maybe it's a relationship. You need clarity? For some of us, we're hoping for some peace, right? The workplace is crazy, or the family's crazy, the marriage is crazy. There's a lot of just, you know, strife at home. We're, we're hoping for peace, well, what are you hoping for this coming year? Some of us are new to the community. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. And we get it, right? You're, you're hoping for some new friends, some community. This is home, and now we want to have that sense of it is home for us. For some of us, we've been uh, dealing with a lot of illnesses, and so we're hoping for a cure. We're hoping for healing, and some of us know that's maybe not going to happen. And we're just hoping for strength to get through another day. Is it financial stability? Is it for that kind of dark depression to lift or that hard storm to just kind of blow through? Has it been the kind of year where you're just going, I'm just hoping for the new year to be a better year. Can't wait to turn the page on the calendar to put 16 in the rearview mirror. The great poet Lord Tennyson writes this about hope. Hope smiles from the threshold of the year to come, whispering, it will be happier. And here's what I know. You and I are creatures of hope. And we long for a better day because we were made for a better day. So this Christmas, I thought it would be really good for us to think together and through these next coming days. Just think more about hope. What is it? What is the hope the world offers, and what is the unique hope 
that we can find in God this Christmas, a hope for all that is actually really different from the world's hope. The world's hope is all about wishful thoughts for something good to happen in my future, these desires for good in the future. So hope is always tied to the future. So I grew up a Cub fan, all my life a Cub fan, which means there has been a lot of suffering and persecution. <laughs> and I can't help it because I was born this way. But so I, I wouldn't say to you, this year I'm hoping that the Cubs win the World Series, right? Because I still can't believe it, but it happened, <laughs> right? So we don't hope for things that happened. We're hoping for the future, for a better day. And the Bible says, not only are we creatures of hope, but if we don't have hope, then something happens at a heart level. It says, without hope, the heart grows sick. And all we're left with when hope is gone is despair. And it's really dark and it's really hard. So the world says hope is really about just wishing and desiring a better day, something out in the future. But if that's all it is, we realize that we, we don't really know. It's filled with a lot of uncertainty. And the Bible's going to offer us something more profound. So the biblical understanding of hope goes like this. It is a confident expectation, yes, out in the future, for this better day that we're created for that actually changes how we do life today. So the, the wishful thinking gets consumed with confident expectation. When we go, what are you hoping for? What am I hoping for? It's easy to say, well, this is what I'm hoping for, but I'm not sure I'm going to actually experience that. Biblical hope gives us confidence in what we're expecting because it's not arrogance. It's just confidence in God, in God and who he is. And Christmas reminds us everything we need to know about God that would make us a people of hope. That when he speaks and when he says things and when he promises things, that actually you can bank on that. His word is true. His character is flawless, impeccable. And he's got a perfect track record of faithfulness as he deals with people who all through the history of mankind, ever since Adam and Eve ditched God and said, we think we've got a better way. We're not pinning our hope in you, God. We think this fruit and the message we're hearing from this snake, none other than the devil himself, is a better way that he's been chasing us and chasing us and chasing us with his loving grace. So the Christmas story tells us what we need to hear, God's true words. Matthew, when he starts telling about Jesus coming to this world, four times in Matthew chapter 2, he says, and these things happen to fulfill what the prophet of old had predicted. Four times. What he's making a case to his Jewish audience is, this Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, who lived in Bethlehem, who was born in Bethlehem, he was born in Bethlehem because that's exactly what the prophet Micah said would happen, Micah 5.2. He keeps going, hey, you guys have been waiting for this promised Savior? It's Jesus. And so he's born of a virgin, quoting the prophet Isaiah, 
born in Bethlehem, the prophet Micah. God is true to his word. He's been promising a savior. The people have been waiting for a savior ever since God said to Adam and Eve, Eve, one of your far-off descendants, some guy, he is going to be bruised, speaking of the crucifixion, but he is going to crush this enemy who has ruined the world that I created you for and the relationship you're to have with me. God's word is true. The Christmas story bears that out. If you're wrestling with Christianity and who Jesus is, one of the most compelling things to get a hold of is the profound unity of the Bible. There's a second thing, though, the Christmas story takes us to, and that is God's character. We, we, we know this phrase, a holy God. Holy means he's completely other. He's totally different from us. He's perfect in his power. Christmas reminds us that God became a man and that Jesus is both God's son and Mary's son. Hello? I mean, think about it. All we can come up with it is either that's impossible or wow, what a mystery. God's power. Perfect in power. Christmas reminds us that God is perfect in love. I don't know if that's your concept of God. Perfect in love. Jesus, speaking of the Father, said, God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Perfect power, perfect in his love, perfect in his justice and mercy. Jesus Christ was born with a mission to get to that cross in Jerusalem. And so Christmas and Easter are the same story, the beginning and the end, but yet it's not the end because he says he's coming back. Jesus was born to die so that you and I could live, not just in the future in heaven, but today to have what Jesus says is life and having it to the full. Our problem right now is not that we're hoping for too much. It's we're settling for far too little. For all that you long for, there is so much more that God has for you. Jesus was born to die. He suffered injustice, never did anything wrong in his life, always loving God, always loving his neighbor. He suffered injustice for all injustice. He paid the debt that you and I, there is no way we could pay. And he gave us life and peace and hope and forgiveness. The things that you and I, we know it, we can't buy that. We can't buy that. Jesus Christ suffered on the cross in our place, satisfying God's justice. And at the same time, he extends his mercy, God's mercy. So I'm wondering this Christmas, if you understand how the Bible works out hope and how you can find it. The Bible keeps saying, hope in God, hope in God. Whenever there is an object to hope, it's always God. And it always calls the other things false hopes, vain hopes. 
It would say to God's people, hey, don't trust in horses and chariots. What's that mean? In a strong military strength. Don't, don't pin your security in you have an alliance or you have just a really strong army. Don't pin your hope on riches, the Bible would say. Don't, don't pin it on your wisdom and your intellect. Don't, don't pin it on your good looks and your strength. Pin it on God, on God. The Bible never is going to say, we might think it does, here's the deal. Here's how you can have hope this Christmas. God gives everybody a second chance. You ever heard that? There's a sense where that's completely true. But it's not working out like this. He's giving you a second chance, so don't blow it. You put your hope in God. Just try harder this time. The Bible isn't saying, here's the deal. Look, you've botched it so many times that God says, I'm going with another plan. So the new plan is this. All you need to do is have more good stuff going on in your life that kind of outweighs and outbalances the, the stuff that's not so good in your life and the shortcomings of your life. And so if you can just get the scales to tip in your favor to the good things that you're doing. Now that's religion that's rooted in ourself. The Bible says any hope that isn't in God is a false hope. And so it's really important not just to know this Christmas what you're hoping for, but what your hopes are in because it makes a difference. And it's always made a difference. June 7th, 1915, actually July 7th, 1915. The Lusitania, this British ocean liner, was traveling through the waters when it was hit by a torpedo from a German submarine. Captain Turner, trying to just calm the ship down, starts sending this false message of hope. People are clamoring for the lifeboats. Imagine the panic of these 2,000 passengers. He finds some passengers, and they say, Captain, really? You're saying it's all good? How do you know it's all good? We're up here on the deck, and we got hit below water here. He said, well, I just, I just phoned down to the engine room. It's all good. It wasn't true. But when the people heard it, they heard exactly what? What they wanted to hear. The boat's strong. Yeah, we got rocked. But you know what? They can contain the damage, and we're going to make it to safe harbor. And so the news spread. And with the spread of the news, the cheers went up. And with the cheers going up, the people climbed out of the lifeboats and went back to the staterooms and back to their cabins, feeling confident and good about their future. But out of those 2,000 passengers, just short of 1,200, went down to their death. It's not enough to know what you're hoping for. This Christmas, you really need to be clear what your hopes are in. And Christmas is a time where we don't get what we want to hear from God. That, hey, you know what? You're just fine. There's nothing wrong with your life and there's nothing wrong with this world, so just keep making a way for yourself and it's all going to work out in the end. Christmas shouts to us, we need a Savior. We were made for a better day and the longings that we have are in the one that the angel said is bringing good news to all. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, your Savior, 
my Savior, Jesus Christ. What's your hope tied into? The Bible says our hope needs to be anchored to Christ. And here's how you get it. The Bible actually doesn't separate hope and faith. Actually, what it does, it says that, that hope is actually moving faith out into the future. What is faith? It's taking God at his word. It's following all the things he tells us to do and believing all the promises he says he will do. And it's moving it out in the future. And it's not something you muster up. It's something you receive. And the Bible says, you know how you get that faith? It comes through reading God's word that tells us all about who God is and all about who we are and all about who Jesus is. That's why I hope if you don't have a church home and you're in town that you, that you go through the storyline of the Bible with us this coming year starting in January. Because here's what the Bible says. When we start hearing truth, God's truth, God's word changes things. God's word gives spiritual life. God's word gives hope. And Jesus Christ is called the word of God. The purest communication of what God is like. So this Christmas, I'm hoping that your hope is rooted and anchored in God's Son, who was sent to satisfy the deepest longings of your heart and to take care of the greatest ills and shortcomings of our lives in this world. Let's pray. Father God, we, we do know that we have hopes, and it's very likely that our hopes are way, way, way too small. Thank you that your hopes for us in this world are bigger than our own. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were willing to come knowing that it all would lead to a Roman cross. And we celebrate your coming and we remember what you said when you rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, that you're coming back to bring in that better day, that day that we were made for, paradise, a new heaven, right here on earth. We're always right with you and with each other. And there is hope for those whose hope is in Christ. I pray that you'd grant faith and grow faith for all that life holds for us now. And I pray that the hope we have in you, Lord Jesus, continues to change the way we live our day so that the confidence and the hope that we have in you would breed hope to all those who so desperately need you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.